Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We're just going to continue to entitle these messages just Divine Healing. Divine Healing. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach your word, we do so with reverence and humility. And we thank you that we can trust our lives to its provisions. Now, as we break the bread of life together, I thank you that your spirit will enlarge our capacity to receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability in all things that pertain to life and godliness. I thank you for the unction of your spirit to bring forth the word and demonstration of the spirit and power that our faith may develop, be developed not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. Now, we bless you, and we thank you, and we receive from your word this night in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And of course, there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. Well, I, the first time I ever read those scriptures, I don't know about you, but when I first started reading the Bible, I read, starting with Matthew. You know, I just opened up, I was up in my milk crane, and I opened up my Bible to the book of Matthew. And I began to read, read about Jesus, about his birth, Matthew, beginning, genealogy, his birth. Read about his baptism at the River Jordan by John. Went to the fourth chapter, I read in the beginning of the chapter about his temptation in the wilderness, how he stood against the devil, rebuked the devil. Resist the devil, and the devil had to flee. And then I saw that he came in the power of the Spirit, and he began his public ministry. Now, there's just something about faith I want to just get across to you, and I just pray that God, by his Spirit, will do that. I'm not, oh, you know, all that emotional. But when I read what I just read to you, I began to weep. When I got, see, the first time I've ever read about what Jesus did since being born again. And I read these scriptures right here in verses 23 and 24. And I saw that Jesus, in his public ministry, began to teach, preach, and heal. And he healed every manner of sickness and disease among the people. I got off my seat in my crane cab and got down on my knees on the floor and I began to cry before the Lord. And I said, Jesus, you really love us. I was scripturally illiterate. I knew nothing about the Bible. I had very limited knowledge. As a matter of fact, I only had those first three chapters under my belt. 
But when I, when I read that, see, faith is born out of love. Love is the mother of faith. And when I read in that scripture, right here, it was like as though he was in that crane cab with me. It was like as though he was just putting his arms out to me, toward me. And I said, you really love people. You really love humanity. I mean, these people went running around, getting all that were sick, and bringing them all unto Jesus. And I saw that Jesus healed them all. And it just moved me. I was just so impressed by the ministry of Jesus that I just, I guess I just fell in love with Jesus. I just fell in love with Jesus. I didn't have any doubt in my mind because no one ever told me anything about the subject of divine healing. I, I thank God that it was right at the beginning that they, you know, that the Spirit of God decided to record this. Wasn't anybody that got a hold of me before I got to it and said, look, healing isn't for the body of Christ today. Because I read them scriptures and I want to know that the love of God just began to rise up with inside me and, and I just knew that Jesus loved me. I want you to notice this threefold ministry of Jesus. He went about teaching. Everybody say teaching. He went about preaching. Everybody say preaching. He went about healing. Everybody say healing. How many manner of sickness? How many manner of disease? That was among the people. Well, I come to find out that the reason why he did it was because God was with him. See, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Everybody say doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Everybody say oppressed of the devil. Everybody say not oppressed of God. What is sickness and disease? Satanic oppression. Oppression of the devil. Sickness and disease is satanic oppression. Oppression of the devil. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, like I said, I was very young in the faith and I didn't have much, you know, theology. I didn't have anybody to teach me. But do you know what? If you read that Bible and take it for what it says, the Holy Ghost will enlighten you. You know, that's when faith is strong, when it's pure and simple. And there isn't any seeds of doubt, unbelief. Any winds blowing these seeds your way to your spirit? I mean to tell you, it was so simple, it was so pure. I can't describe it. It's very difficult to describe the realm of the spirit, things of the spirit. But if I could have just taken my hand and put it down inside my belly and then pulled it out and showed it to you, I wish I could do that. But you see, you can't do that. It is the spirit of man that contains faith. The Bible says that faith... The spirit of faith. Faith is a product of the recreated human spirit. It is the spirit of faith. It is absolute trust, confidence in God. In his word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I read what God's word said. It brought faith to my heart. My heart was pure, clean, fresh, brand new, just like a new baby born into the world, born into the realm of the spirit. And beloved, I just want you to know that my heart was just overwhelmed with this joy and with this love. Truly unspeakable and full of glory. And I began to see the beauty of this risen Christ. I began to see the wonders of our glorious Savior. 
I began to see how marvelous Jesus really is. For the first time in my life, I mean, I read to the, you know, I've heard about the Bible, I've heard about Jesus in church where I went, but I didn't know Jesus. And when I started to read about Jesus and I started to see about his love for me, I was so overwhelmed with his presence. I could hardly contain it. And then I began to see about his healing power. And I began to study it out for myself. And some things I found out along the way about divine healing I want to share with you so that we can all endeavor to walk in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ, to walk in divine healing and health, and create an atmosphere in this place of, of the healing power of God so that it's so powerful that Jesus actually comes back down to the earth through this body and once again walks in our midst and performs his wonders, healing all that are oppressed of the devil. And it's going to be him that's doing it. He will be the one to do it. I believe there shall be such an atmosphere of faith, such a high... How does faith come? In hearing by the word of God. Does faith come by having heard? No, we will never exhaust the ministry of divine healing. We'll never exhaust the methods of divine healing. We're going to continue to talk about it each Sunday night. And I venture to say this will, be, this will happen, that it'll be true. We're going to see Jesus walk through this building. I don't just mean just sense his presence. I mean see him. I believe that with all my heart. We're going to see him walk through this building and raise up those that are sick. And there's only one way to do it, beloved. You've got to stay in there by faith. You can't let loose of it. You've got to have a diligent faith, a robust faith, a strong, vigorous faith. You've got to see Jesus as he really is. You've got to see his love for you, and you've got to see his love for humanity. And when you begin to see his love for humanity, and we begin to learn his methods of healing, learning how to get healing across to God's people, it's going to create such an atmosphere, like I said, he's going to walk right up and down these aisles, and he's going to deliver people. And in the meantime, he's also going to put marriages back together by the Holy Ghost. You see, we've been tried so much in the flesh. We've tried so much in the flesh, beloved. For that reason, I want to share with you some methods that Jesus used to heal the people. The Bible says that we are to carry on the works of Jesus. The works I do shall you do also. Greater works shall you do because I'm going to my Father. Doesn't it say that? Well... The methods that Jesus used, if we're going to do the works of Jesus, we're going to have to use. I shudder to think of some of these methods. But I just come to the conclusion that the only way we're going to be able to do the works of Jesus is doing them the way that Jesus did them. And allowing him to do them through us. And if he did them before, he's going to do it again. Remember John wrote in his, his uh, gospel and said that if everything was written in detail about what Jesus did when he was here upon the earth, all the miracles that he did in detail that the world could not contain the books. But these things were written for you so that you would know that he is truly the Son of God. One of the methods that Jesus used to heal the sick, see, we're his disciples, we're his students, we're going to have to learn how. I don't want anybody to go out and practice this. All I want you to do is just listen. If you're led by the Holy Ghost to practice this, I do pray you're hearing the voice of God. Because if you're not hearing the vo voice of God you may be in big trouble. Diagnosis. The blind. How did Jesus heal the blind? Mark's Gospel, chapter 8.
Verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. Diagnosis, the blind. Remedy, spit. He talk about taking the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That says he spit on his eyes. Well, now, Lord, I don't wonder why I want him to get healed. Jesus has many ways to heal the sick. I just pray that yours isn't being spit on. <laughs> I really do. And I pray he doesn't tell me to do it. <laughs> but I want you to just... I, the reason why I'm saying this is because I want everybody to see the fact that there isn't any human being alive that knows everything about divine healing. But I don't want to be one of those that say, Oh, I don't believe it if it's God's will, if it's not God's will. That's ridiculous. God's will has already been established for healing. The leper came unto him and said unto him, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be thy made whole. It's my desire to heal you. That settles it. That's the only one in the Bible that ever asked Jesus if it was his will to heal somebody. And Jesus settled that forever. That's why that was in the Bible. See, he put all these, in the Bible, all these um, testimonies of healing in the Bible so that we can have some idea as to how we're going to get the sick healed. Now, I don't know what it is about spit, but I remember another blind man came up, you know, to Jesus, and Jesus spit on the ground. He made clay of the spittle and put it in his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed in the pool of Siloam. When he came back, he was seeing perfectly. Then I remember a guy couldn't speak. Now, you think about this. I'm not going to take it to all the scriptures, but they're in there. It's in there. You'll find it if you read. You'll find it. This guy's deaf. This guy can't. He's got a speech impediment. Can you imagine some of our great medical practitioners of the day? Can you imagine? It had to be the same way back then. Well, how did he make you see? He spit in my eyes. The guy says, I spent 10 years in, college, in school, in, in, in med, med school and everything, and he spit in your eyes and now you see? Yes. Well, this individual couldn't hear and he had a speech impediment. So Jesus came and stuck his fingers in his ears and spit and touched his tongue. like to be ministered to like that. I mean, sometimes I don't, I don't think we, you know, give attention to these things. We should give attention to these things. We're talking about healing. We're talking about the healer. We're talking about the one who knows how to get everybody healed. What quality is there in his spit? I mean, I, he spit on him. He spit and touched his tongue. Cast out that devil. And immediately he heard and he spoke. Plainly. I think Jesus was so far-fetched in the things that he did by the Spirit of God to tell all of us here today that his way of healing has nothing to do with man's. Did you hear that? 
And once again, when I say that, I can, everybody's mind's clicking. Does he say that we should never see a doctor? I never said that, and don't ever quote me as saying that. All I said was, Jesus is God's way of healing. The medical profession is man's way of alleviating pain and suffering. It's the highest way that man has. But if you read every account in the Bible about healing, you'll find out that Jesus used methods that man has never used. Never used these methods before. Spit in the eye, spit on the tongue, spit on the clay, on the ground. And he used that to produce healing and health. And it makes no sense to the human mind. But, as unethical as his methods were, they were effective and they produced results. And all I can say to the results that Jesus got was, Amen. How about you? Amen. Well, I shared with you last week why many people die prematurely. And what I want to do is pick it up from there. We're going to continue on, talk about some of these methods. Why do people die prematurely that are in the body of Christ? I believe if we're going to have a, have a steadfast faith for healing, we're going to have to do a lot of digging. Let me just say it like this to you, first of all. If you want to stay healthy, and if you want to remain in divine health, if you want your body to, to be able to stand against sickness and disease, if you want to be developed in such a way so that you know, sickness and disease will not live in your body, you say, I never heard the gospel preached like that before. Well, it's time we did. It's time we did. Because under the old covenant, I, I, I'm going to do it. Go ahead. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 15. Healing is really a lower type of blessing. Healing is a lower type of blessing. Divine health and divine life is a higher type of blessing. Divine life is the highest type of blessing. Divine health is a higher type of blessing. Divine, you know, healing is the lower type of blessing when it comes to the physical body. And I want to show that to you. In the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus, in verse 26, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I'll not put them on you or allow them to be put on you. Now, hold that thought there and go over to the 20... Well, go over to the book of Deuteronomy, the 7th chapter. Notice he won't allow them diseases to come on you. But I want you to see this here scripture. Verse 14, 7th chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 14... Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male nor male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Everybody say, the Lord will take away from me all sickness. I want you to look at that. It's in your Bible. Please read it from your Bible. Read, read that from your Bible, verse, verse 15. Just the first part. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Is that in there? You mean that's in the Bible? I guess it is. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 23. 
Verse 25. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Everybody say, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That's not healing, is it? That's not healing. That's protection. That's prevention. That's not healing. Sometimes I think we're on the defense instead of the offense. That is not healing. If God takes away from thee all sickness, then that is being protected from sickness and disease. That's not being healed by the power of God. That's being protected by the power of God. So you see, we should not be shooting for healing. We should be shooting for divine health or divine life. Now, divine life. See, there's a difference between divine health and divine life. Divine health is when you are walking with Him through the Word. And if a symptom comes on your body... You speak the word and hold fast to your confession of faith and that thing will leave your body. Now that is divine health where you're walking like that with the Lord. Now personally, I've been walking like that for about seven years. Whenever anything's come my way, I, I've gone to the word. See, I, that's a method. I've gone to the word and I, I soaked my spirit up with the word until it drove it out. I never had to go to the medical field to the medical profession. And I once again didn't say that I wouldn't if I had to, but I'm not, you know, I'm not planning on it. Are you? I'm not planning on failing. I don't want to be a failure. I mean, but don't look down on me if I did. You know, I'm a human being just like you are, right? You see what I'm saying? But I'm not making any provision for failure. Let me just say it to you just like that. I'm not making any provision for failure. Divine life is when the life of God has so saturated your spirit and it is so flowing through your soul and so entering into your body that the pores of your skin come in contact with this life of God in such a way that the germ dies when it touches your body. You see, I never heard it like that before either. Well, that's the truth. You say, can, is that biblical? Well, how about when all those plagues came about in Egypt? I mean, those plagues were all around the Israelites, but they didn't catch them. How about when the Hebrew children went to the burning fire furnace? Fire is supposed to burn you, in case you didn't know that. They walked right on in and walked right on out. They were divinely protected so that their body was not subject to fire. And that's not normal. That's divine life. That is the life of God being so made manifest around an individual that those outside forces cannot. And really, he was talking about a place right here. And if you look at the next verse for you ladies, I want you to see this next verse. Actually, for all of us. For there shall nothing, verse 26, there shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Now, I'm going to read that from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Verse 25 and 26. You shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness from your midst. 
None shall lose her young by miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. How many shall lose their child by miscarriage? How many? None. You don't know how many times I've shown that to that scripture to somebody and it saved them from losing their baby. But you see, why do we die young? Why do we die prematurely? Why do people still lose their children? Because my people perish for the lack of what? For the lack of knowledge. And there's not enough, as far as I'm concerned, preaching from the pulpit the full gospel. I'm not preaching you my theology. I haven't even said anything yet except for what this Bible says. And he says, I'll take sickness away from this of you. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read somewhere in Numbers 23:19, if I'm not mistaken. And it says, I'm not a man that I should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Everybody say, God's not a man that he should lie. Nor the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath God said? He'll do it. If he has spoken, he'll make it good. We got to believe that what God said is so. And when he says, I'll take sickness away from the midst of you, and when he says, you shall not miscarriage any of your young, then what we have to do is say, Father, I'm walking before you uprightly. I'm walking before you holy. I'm keeping your statutes and your judgments and your commandments. And I read in your word that you said that if I would walk before you uprightly, that you would be the Lord that healeth me. I am a candidate for your healing power and protection. And I claim what you've spoken in your word, and I believe with all my heart that will not miscarry when it comes to bearing children. That sickness has no place among us. You said you take it away from our midst. See, that's an Old Testament conditional promise that if they were to do such and such, God would do such and such. Now, God doing such and such was based on their obeying His commandments and doing His statutes. And you find out when they were in the wilderness that they began to rebel against the things of God and because of it, they began to get sick and die. Some of them bitten by serpents and scorpions. And they began to die. But the Bible says that when Moses lifted up the serpent, the brazen serpent, and all the Israelites that were afflicted or bitten, when they looked at that uplifted serpent, all who looked were what? Were healed. Which is a type of Jesus being lifted up on the tree, becoming the curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so we see then that Jesus was uplifted as the serpent was, as Moses lifted up in the wilderness. And Jesus said, Then I shall call all men unto me, draw them unto me. So we see that there is healing power. That is a type. And it's offered to all of God's people that will walk uprightly before Him. But in the New Testament, we have a better covenant established on better promises. And in the New Covenant, we see that the Bible says that Jesus Himself already took our infirmities. Back there, He says, I will take Him away from the midst of you. But here in the covenant in which we live, He says, I have already taken. I took your infirmities and I bore your sicknesses. Everybody say, Jesus took them. Now think about that. Here's where the lack of knowledge comes in. Jesus has already taken ours. There isn't anything we have to do to have Him taken away from the midst of us. But the blessing does not come upon us except by faith. Now, beloved, if we want to stay healthy, if we want to stay in divine life and divine health, then we have got to develop a strong faith because 
Anytime anybody begins to search the Word of God for what God says is yours, when you have a promise from God, the devil is going to come and knock on your door. We might as well face that as a truth. He came to Jesus' door. And when he comes knocking on your door, if you have fear answer the door, fear is going to let the devil in. But if you have faith answering the door and faith speaks the word to that adversary, then the devil's going to do what? Flee from you. Sickness comes from the devil and it has to flee from us in Jesus' name. Now, you just, you've got to get a hold of this. You just can't just read through it one time. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And not only must you learn it and understand it and know it intellectually, but then you've got to feed it to your spirit every day. Here's what the problem is that I see. People don't feed that to their spirit every day. They don't feed the Word. We have studied it like a book, like theology. We have, you know, taken the Word apart. We found out what the Greek words mean, what they don't mean, etc. Back and forth. Study the Old Testament. Study the book of Revelation. Study, and it's study, 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 study. What about feed, 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 feed? You know, if you get to, if, if you, these ladies and these ladies here are good cooks in this church. And if they put a banquet table from one end to the other end, and I says, we're going to study this food. Boy, I wouldn't want to be the one to say that. Especially if you guys were hungry out there. We're going to study this food. Well, it looks good. I wonder who made that. What did you put in it? Looks mighty tasty. Well, see, we're studying it. We're studying it. And studying the Bible, I'm not saying it's not wrong, it's good. But if you don't take time to feed, if you don't take time to put in, if you don't take time to fill yourself up, what good is it? You study the Word, you might have some good understanding of theology, but there's no contact with God. We need to feed this into our hearts. We need to feed this into our spirit. We need to feed the Word into our inner man every day. And if we don't do that, beloved, we won't have a strong faith for healing. Which is why I'm, I purpose in my heart, as far as I'm concerned, I purpose in my heart to continue to preach and speak along these lines until each and every one of us has it settled in our hearts that Jesus has taken literally... Truly, in reality, our sicknesses and our diseases. And we don't have to bear sickness and disease in our bodies any longer. And then, we get so filled up with that fact, He becomes so real to us as our healer, that we're able, enabled by the Holy Ghost to get that same healing over to somebody else. I know about you, but it frustrates me when I can't get it to somebody else. It frustrates me when I know that we have an answer to get that person delivered, but it's difficult to get it from here to there. You want them to be saved. You want them to enjoy the same eternal life that you have. Well, if we, it's the same thing in the realm of healing. We want them to be delivered. We want them to be healed. You know you have the truth. You know the Word will set them free. But how do I get it to them? I never thought that I, I would think one day one way to do it would be spitting on them. He used some funny methods. Sticking your fingers in their ear. Spitting on the ground, making clay of the spittle. Telling a bunch of lepers, go and show yourself to the priest. How about dipping in the river Jordan seven times? And your flesh shall come back unto thee. Good remedy for leprosy. Here's a great one. Put your hand on them. If you saw somebody full of leprosy, and you know it's contagious... Lay your hand on to get him healed. You're not going to do that beside. You're going to do that by faith, aren't you? So you see, there are so many different methods, and we've not yet begun to even explore. I'm just going to share something with you that works with me. 
and some things that we've used. Now, we've done, we've done many different ways. But I remember one time when... Look at James 5, chapter 5. I remember one time when we were first starting out and getting involved in healing. Like I said, I knew that God would do it for me, but I didn't know about how to get it to somebody else. I was just a ball of fire. I mean, I was just on fire for the things of God. I was just excited about the things of God. I thank God I had a revelation of Jesus as my Savior. And so I just began to do what the Bible says to do. Now, in James chapter 5 and verse 14, I read this passage of Scripture. Is any sick among you? See, my, my studies led me to scriptures, Scripture healing, to all the Scriptures that pertain to healing. And because when I started to find out that other people didn't believe like I did, I kind of wondered, am I wrong or are they wrong? And so I began to, you know, just go through the Bible to find out all the scriptures that talk about divine healing. And I come up against one scripture in the 103rd Psalm, I think, that answers every question. That says, who forgiveth all your iniquities, who healeth how many of your diseases? And as I read that scripture, I said, well, if, if, if the psalmist said that he healed all of our diseases, and if he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee, and if he says, I take sickness and disease away from the midst of you, and I said, well, if, if Matthew 7 says with his, that Jesus himself took our from our sicknesses, if that's true, then I have to believe in my heart that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's still healing the human body today as he did when he walked upon the earth. And I read this scripture here, and it says, is any sick among you? I can ask that same question this evening. Is there any sick among you? Everybody say, let him. Let his neighbor call. Let who call? Which one? Which one? You know, sometimes, you say, why is that so important? You know, sometimes, beloved, if you would just be the one to call. There's many different ways to get people healed. This is a, this is a very good one. But I want you to know something. Faith has got to come from the person also for it to work properly. Let him call. One step where people miss it, they send somebody else to call. Now, it's different if it's impossible for that person to call. But I want you to listen to me. Faith is an act. It is an act. It is something that you do. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without corresponding action is also dead. And dead faith doesn't do anything. But if you will act, if you, the person, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. That is their responsibility, the sick one. Let them, the elders of the church, pray over him. Look at the scripture. Anoint them with oil. Anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed, for the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elias was a man subject to passions like as we are, 
And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, what's he talking about? Err from what truth? Err from what truth? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith to save the sick and the Lord. You see, there's a three thing there, threefold thing. And the Lord shall raise him up. It's in the hands of the Lord once you pray the prayer of faith and anoint with oil. And the Lord shall raise him up. But it starts with a person who's sick. And that person is to call for the elders of the church. Why the elders? The elders are supposed to be those that are developed in their faith. Walk by now. The elders should be those that understand the fact that Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, and there isn't anything too difficult for Jesus. Now, we took this method, just did what the Bible said. You know, I tell you what, simple faith. Faith is so simple when you first get saved. You do anything that the Bible said. And we got a bottle of oil. Some sister called from a hospital. She's had a, a tumor inside her body. And she called and she said, you know, she was at the Bible study just a, just a week before. And she, I was reading these scriptures here. And she said, I'm calling for the elders of the church to pray over me and anoint me with all because the Bible said so. We said, glory to God, let's go. We hopped in the car fast as we could, got on down to the hospital fast as we could, anointed her with all in the name of the Lord and prayed the prayer of faith. She was all scheduled for her surgery. And we went home. See, the Bible says the Lord, who will raise him up? See, you can't raise anybody up. I can't raise anybody up. But the Bible says the Lord will raise them up. She did what the Lord said to do. We did what the Lord said to do. What's the difference of that and spitting? Actually, there isn't any difference. I said, I just want you to see how far-fetched these things are. And I believe it's because God wants us to know that his way or his method of getting things over to us is, is you know, it's different in the world system. It's never been said before that somebody spit on somebody's eyes and they, they, were, they saw. Today you'd have a whole bunch of people want to get some of that and start a new, you know. <laughs> See, but anyhow, we did what the Lord said to do and, and the, the doctor came in and checked her five times, four or five times. She told a lady in the next bed, she says, I'm going home now after we prayed for her. I want you, I want you to see how faithful she says, I'm going home now because... They anointed me with all the name of the Lord, and the Lord has raised me up. She didn't feel better. She didn't look better. All she did was said, said, just said that what God said is true. To make a long story short, she, the lady next bed didn't believe her. The doctor came in the next day, checked her five times. She was scheduled for surgery. Told the nurse, it's not there, it's gone. The nurse says, what shall we do? Have more x-rays? The doctor says, I'm a specialist in my field. I've checked her all these times, all this before. I know she had it there. I know it's gone. I can't explain it. But it's gone. Sent her home. And she went home. Perfectly healed. Perfectly home. Why? She had faith to do exactly what God said. Now, some great theologian of the day would just go through that scripture and say, well, that's not for us today. And talk themselves right out of faith and won't have any faith in their heart for divine healing. So you can't explain away the Scriptures or you can't act on the Scriptures of God without faith. But this woman did exactly what the Word said to do. And because of it, she received deliverance in her body. And she was healed. Now, there was another individual I'm thinking of. And this here, this woman had a goiter. 
This thing was huge. She went into a service. She had prayer. And that's not this message. This is, this is another way, or method. This is another method, the laying on of hands. She went up to the altar and she said, Now when hands are laid on me, I will be healed. And she was at the altar. Hands were laid upon her. She says, Thank you, Lord, for healing me. She went back to her seat, sat down. Didn't look any different. Still was huge. She came back to the meeting. There was once a year they had this meeting. She came back to the meeting next year. Next year. She testified to everybody. The Lord has healed me and I'm just so great, grateful, so thankful. Just I love it so much. He's just a beautiful saint healer. But this thing is getting bigger in the meantime. She goes back and she testifies in front of all the congregation. She gets up and she says, I just want to thank my Savior because he healed my, he my, my Lord, healed my body. I'm set free. I bless him for it. Came back the next year. Finally on the third year. One of the individuals looks at her and says, after she gave her testimony for the third year in a row, she said, he says, why don't you look in the mirror? Isn't that nice to have sweet brothers in the Lord like that? Why don't you look in the mirror and see what you look like? Well, she had a different mirror she was looking in. It's called the mirror of God's word. Whoso looketh into this mirror, the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein. Now, this here woman went home she didn't, you know, she didn't take it to heart what the man said, but she said, Well, Lord, I know you healed me, and you know you healed me. Why don't you show these people you healed me? And when she woke up in the morning, there was nothing there. When she woke up in the morning, there was nothing there. And she went on back down to the same place. And this time when she stood up, she says, Bless the Lord, I've got a wonderful Savior, a wonderful Jesus, a wonderful healer. Isn't it sweet? Beautiful Savior, healer. And they all looked at her said, yeah, Lord, help their unbelief. Help their unbelief. Beloved, there are so many different ways because we are different people. I've come to the conclusion that everybody's spirit needs to be developed. If we can get everybody's spirit developed the same way, then we can use probably the same method. But I believe that, there's, that Jesus was a master at reaching the heart of the individual, reaching the heart of the, of the, you know, the person to get them to act or use their faith. And I fully believe this with all my heart, that, it, that different methods or different ways, just, just at the right time, is just going to get somebody to use their faith right at that moment to produce that healing in their body. And that's why you can get it for yourself one way, but to get it over to somebody else, sometimes you've got to be in tune with the Spirit of God to get it over to them, because, you see, you don't know what's in them. You don't know what's stopping the healing from coming. You don't know where the problem lies. We know there's no problem with God. The Bible says the Lord will raise him up. I don't know about you, but I've learned to humble myself before God. Have you? I've learned to humble myself before God. If I don't get something from God, it's not God's fault. It is my fault. He is the giver of every good gift. He is the giver of every love gift. Everything He gives is good. Everything He gives is perfect. And healing is perfect. Deliverance is perfect. Salvation is perfect. Finances is perfect. Everything you could possibly imagine and hope to have in this life. He says, I give unto you all things. If there's a problem, I say that it's a bad connection on my side. And I've got to change. I've got to start doing something different. I've got to use my faith in a different direction or in, in a different way. Or I've got to seek what God wants me to do. I remember one time just, just, I was in a church. I was studying in my office. And I get a phone call. And the school calls and says, Mr. Anzvino, will you come and get your daughter from school? I said, well, certainly. What's the problem? She's got a rash all over her body. All over her body. I said, she does. She said, yep. 
And we want to send her home because we don't know if it's contagious. Or they just want to send her home. I says, I'll be right there to get her. Got a hold of her, brought her into the church. We knelt down by the altar. I didn't know what I was going to do. See how smart we are? What do we know? We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know anything. But when you put your trust in the Lord, when, you, when, when God is on the throne of your heart, when Jesus is your Savior and your Deliverer and your Healer, it's going to cause you to be in tune with Him and with the Spirit. When you know that you've got one method, only one way to go to, you're going to seek, you know, the way. And I got down before the Lord on my knees and just seemed like it rose up from, from within me. And I just began to be intimate with, with the Father through Jesus. And I said, Oh, Father, Thou art my shepherd. I shall not want. You make this family to lie down in green pastures and you lead us beside the still waters of plenty. You restore our soul. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for Thou art with me. And Thy rod and staff, they comfort me. And before I knew it, I looked over to my daughter. It was all gone. I mean, it's been gone from that day to this. It's never, 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 never appeared. Come back. Didn't even know how long, to, you know. Just like that. And it's almost like shucks. I didn't get a chance to pray for her. But that's one, one way. Now, it doesn't mean every time I get on my knees and quote the 23rd Psalm, somebody's going to get healed. It doesn't mean that. But it means you've got to keep a fresh intimate relationship with the Father. I don't care how much you know about divine healing, you don't know it all. Lack of knowledge is what causes people to be destroyed, to die prematurely. Lack of knowledge. I remember that time I told you about I was up in a milk crane. And this is another adventure with, with divine healing. My throat was closed. I couldn't speak. Couldn't only talk. Couldn't swallow. Couldn't eat it. Swollen glands. Bad. Strep throat. The whole bit. Flu. I mean, I was just... You ever hear that expression, sick as a dog? I don't know how, how bad that is, but at that time I was there. I mean, I looked like I was death warmed over. Just, just, you know, I'm walking out the midnight shift. Of all shifts to be going, to, you know, the midnight shift. Sick like that. And I mean to tell you, I got into this Bible. And here's what you've got to do, beloved. You've got to believe that God's not a man to lie. God doesn't lie. Everybody say God doesn't lie. Everybody say there's healing in the Word. So here's what I did. Don't ask me why I did it. See, sometimes some say, well, help me to get healed. Well, I don't know why I did it. I opened up my Bible to Proverbs chapter 4. Beautiful scriptures on health and healing. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Keep them in, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart, for they become life to you. They find them in health and all. Everybody say health to all your flesh. Everybody say God's words are health to all my flesh. Well, that's what he said. So I said, see, he said, and I said. He said that, I said, Lord, if that's the truth. And I, I never had any experience using that scripture like that. See, some, some of us think, just read the scripture, you're going to get healed. No, don't just read the scripture. Read what it says and then do what it says to do. And I, I do what it, said, what it said to do. I follow that four-point formula there. I sat down before the Lord in that milk crane of mine. And, you know, that, yeah, you can get healed even in the milk crane. And I open up my Bible and I says, I will read the Gospel of St. John and start there and just keep on reading, Lord, if that's true, until my body's healed. I could hardly even speak. But I began to read out loud the Bible. I began to read, you know, verse after verse, chapter after chapter. It took me a long time. I read for about six hours out loud. And each hour that went by, it seemed like I was speaking louder and louder and, lo and my voice was getting clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. And by the time six hours was done, I'll tell you what, I was ready to go play football. It was gone. Swollen glands were gone. Flu was gone. 
Every part of my body was perfectly healed and normal after six hours of reading God's Word. His words are life to us to find them in health all our flesh. But you see, once again, we have to attend to His Word. We have to do what He said to do. Not just study it out. Not just find out what the Word means, but just do it. There's something supernatural about the Word of God. Supernatural. See, sometimes we just get caught up into one old method or one, one specific way. Now, now there were times I, I had to do silly things. Did you ever do silly things? I did silly. These are just methods. This is how Jesus heals the sick. This is a silly method as far as I was concerned. I just began to shout. Sometimes if you don't shout, you don't get the victory. Did you know that? Did you ever read back there in, in uh, the book of Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 20, when Jehoshaphat and his armies were being attacked? And they sent forth the praisers to shout the glory and the victory. The shouters, the praisers. I just began to shout. I've done that many times. I've shouted. I've shouted at my wife when something came trying to get on her body. I shouted at myself. I shouted at the devil. I told the devil right to his face that I'm not going to take that in my body. I just refused to have it in Jesus' name. And it left. I've jumped. Did you ever do that? I'm learning all these new methods. I never spit on myself yet. But I jumped. The Bible says if you want joy, you must what? Leap for it. So I just leaped up off the ground and said, Glory to God, with the stripes I'm healed. Leap for it. Leap for joy. Joy of the Lord is your what? He said, but you're taking that literally. That's how you're supposed to take the Word of God. There's something about a holy leap. Don't ask me what it is. That just starts on the inside of your spirit and just makes you just fly. These are just, just ways, certain ways. That God seemingly just uses the silly things to do what? To confound the wise. Here's another one. This is, I don't know about you, but seemingly it just, it just sounds absurd. But my son Jason was, you know, it seems like the more, you know, the more children you have, the more responsibility you have, the more responsibility you have, you know, the more the devil wants to just get on you and try to get your kids sick and all that stuff. Well, he's got teeth coming in, just a little boy. And uh, he's getting a high fever from it. And he's in discomfort and pain. I wouldn't give this up for the world. Beloved, I wouldn't give up what I know for the world. For all the gold and the silver. But I, I prayed like, you know, just, just a small prayer. In Jesus' name, be healed, Jason. Because I was busy doing my work and studying and everything. You know. Sometimes you don't just think about it. You just act that way. Well, finally, I saw that he was really discomforted. And I saw... You know, he didn't have to be in that pain. And I'm talking about teeth coming in. But I, I got a hold of my wife and I said, Honey, I'm not playing with God. And I said, that, was, that wasn't the prayer of faith. That was the prayer of faithlessness. I said, I may have spoken words, but they did not contact God. So I said, let's get a hold of this and repent for being liked with the things of God. And I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me because of my humanity 
See, we ever get to a place we think we're doing it, beloved, I'll tell you what, you might as well forget it. But when you get before God, you humble yourself before God. I said, you forgive that, forgive that sin of being light in the things of God in Jesus' name. And then I looked over him, I mean, with the boldness that came out of heaven's glory and said, now you teeth in Jesus' name, you come in. And I said, and you fever, you've got to go in Jesus' name. And I went upstairs and finished my work. I want you to know that that little body responded. When I came back down, the two teeth were all the way, oh, I mean, through. Looked like I should have been in a couple more days, but they were through, and the fever was gone, and he was perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. Now you say, why don't you do that for everybody all the time? I, 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 you know, I pray that I could. But you see, you're not doing it. I believe we can get to a place of boldness and faith where we can start to use our faith that way, that we're going to start to get people healed that way and get them delivered that way. But, beloved, we've got to be able to be the, to be the ones to receive this into ourselves before we can start giving somebody else. Well, we didn't get to the methods, but number one method, or one reason, rather, why people die prematurely is through the lack of knowledge of God's Word. They don't understand what God's Word has to say about the subject. Number two is because there's no vision that people do what? Well, there is no vision that people what? They perish. Vision, or what does vision or insight or revelation have to do with, with healing? I want you to get a hold of this right now. Before you can maintain health in your body and be healed and stay healed, you have got to see, have insight, revelation of Jesus as your healer, and you've got to see him as your lover. I want you to see Jesus loving you. Not only is he resurrected in glory, not only is he our resurrected king and savior, but you've got to see him as your lover. You've got to have a vision of Jesus. You've got to look to Jesus. You've got to, he is the author and the what of your faith? A lot of people don't get healed because of imperfect faith. Their faith has not been perfected. He is the perfecter of our faith. You've got to see Jesus. You've got to see him loving you. I saw Jesus loving I saw him loving me from the word go. I saw that he went about doing good and healing everybody because he loved people. I saw the compassion rise up in him that when he went up on the mountain, the many that came to him that were lame, blind, halt, and maimed, he healed them all because he loved them. He had great compassion. And that compassion was so overwhelming, he fed them afterwards and multiplied the loaves and the fishes just to do so. I saw this Jesus was such a lover. I saw that he was such a wonderful Savior. I saw that he was so beautiful. I saw that he was so kind and so tender-hearted and so merciful. He said, someone came up to him and said, following him from the mountain, came down unto him and said, Lord, I'd have thought, I know that you can make me heal, if, heal me if you will. But if you will, only if you will, I know I could be whole. Jesus said unto him, I will, be thou clean, be thou made whole. And instantly the man was cleansed of his leprosy. I saw another man come up to him. I mean, I'm just reading right through this. I saw another man come up to him. And he said, my servant, I'm homesick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. You will? Yeah, I'll come and heal him. He says, that's all right, Lord. You can't come under my roof. You know, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Just say it. Jesus says, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Go and as you believe, let it be done unto you. Then he came into his... His, his Peter's house and saw his wife's mother-in-law his, his, his wife's mother sick of a fever took her by the hand rebuked the fever and she got up and ministered unto him and then I saw that evening I mean I was overwhelmed with this this is all in one day then I was overwhelmed he, it says they brought unto him many that were taken with, with possessed with devils and, and that were sick and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick and by that time I was just so overwhelmed I just couldn't stand it any longer I was weeping I'm, just, I'm not telling you a story I was, this is, see, that's Matthew 8, 8, verses 1 through 17. 
And by the time I got to, to the 8th chapter, verses 1 through 17, I couldn't stand it. I was weeping before God. I said, you, you love people. You are such a loving Savior. You're so wonderful. You, you meet them where they hurt. You heal their bodies. You set them free. Beloved, that's how when, when the word of the Lord came unto me in the 128th Psalm and says that your wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of your house and your children like olive plants round about your table. That's why I ran home as fast as I could and said, he loves me, glory to God, and he wants my wife to be fruitful. I ran home as fast as I could and put my hand on her and said, in Jesus' name, be healed and be whole and be set free. She's pregnant in two weeks. I mean, and this just kept going on and on and on and on. I'll tell you what, I don't know when the day was, but I... I that's the devil trying to get this stuff in here, that we start to back off on all this stuff. You can't back off on healing. You can't back off on the word for healing. If you want to be healthy, you've got to stay in the word all the time to be healthy. You've got to see Jesus loving you every day of your life. You've got to see him pouring out his love blessings unto you every day of your life. You've got to be filled with the divine life if you want to stay healthy and whole. I'm not one to back off and say it doesn't work. I'm not one that's going to just give up and quit and say, well, it's not, you know, been productive as, as, as I would like it to be. I want you to know that I'm going to be one that's going to go all the way with Jesus. And you should be one that wants to do the same thing. I want to get to a place that you're still walking in harmony with the Master, that wherever you go, He says, hey, go graze that one up right over there. Beloved, I read this, when I say I read through the Gospels, I'm not talking about in a month. I'm not talking about I read the Gospels in a month. I'm telling you, I read through the Gospels in a couple days. I began to read. I was hungry. I was like a sponge. I was soaking this up into my spirit. I was receiving it as you know, fast as I possibly could. And then I got over to John's Gospel, and I mean, lo and behold, when I saw Lazarus, I saw Lazarus come out of that grave. Martha, but the thing about it, I saw Martha and Mary running over to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, only if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. You talk about raising up the dead. I never heard of any profession that can do that. I mean, I was overwhelmed with this Jesus that saved me now. And now he speaks to that corpse and he says, Lazarus, you come forth. And you know what the Bible says? He loved them. He loved Martha. He loved Mary. He loved Lazarus. I put the book down, beloved. I said, you love me. I wept before the Lord. Could hardly take it. You love me. Faith is born out of what? Love. Faith springs out of love. And that love just rose up inside me, inside my heart in such a way that I just had to do what God's Word said to do. I saw Jesus as my lover, as my deliverer, as my healer. When my daughter fell ten and a half feet, had that eye of her split open and her body mangled, we turned back to the lover and he healed her body made her whole. And from that day to this, I like to get on my face and say it to you. I don't know about you. You parents that have little children. From that day to this, they've not had to use medical science. They've not had to use medical science. 
I wouldn't give that up to know every anything anybody knows about the book of Revelation. Because when in the end you find out that they don't really know that much about it. I wouldn't give up my contacting the Father for anything. It's by faith and by faith alone. The just shall live by faith. And I'm not talking about one time healing 14 years ago. I am talking about today. I'm talking about right now. And then I'll be talking about tomorrow because tomorrow will be now. Tomorrow. That's, that's what BJ said anyhow. He said, is it tomorrow yet? Is today tomorrow, Daddy? I said, today's today, honey. It's today tomorrow, though. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, yesterday you said you were going to do something for me. I said, oh, you mean from yesterday? He said, yeah. He says, I said, yeah, today's tomorrow. <laughs> Both of them kids don't forget anything. I asked Jason, I said, Jason, you know you've got to be born again to go to heaven? Looked at me. I said, you know you've got to be born again to go to heaven? Looked at me again. I said, Jason, BJ's born again, he's going to... Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.